Welcome to the Revenue Builders Podcast with John McMahon and John Kaplan. This podcast is brought to you by Force Management. There's no better way to build revenue than by improving sales. Force's solutions help companies, small teams, and individuals accelerate sales performance. As you start your week, we bring you part of our conversation with Jeremy Duggan, a veteran sales leader, board member, and advisor to some of the world's most successful software companies. He helped AppDynamics go from $23.6 million in revenue to a run rate of more than $200 million. Here, he talks about leadership, inspection, and coaching. You'll also hear him refer to his three R's. That's recruiting, retention, and revenue. He also gives a great John McMahon impression. Take a listen and have a great week. So you can inspire when a lot of people are winning, but when you're just starting and you're building your team from scratch, it's really hard to inspire. What you're trying to do as a leader is go get some wins so you can inspire the rest of the team, right? So can you talk a little bit about, you know, starting from scratch, which you have done a number of times. And, yeah. you know, it seems like to me, like as a leader, you only have a certain time frame to establish those wins to sell all the things you have been selling to these people and get them to buy in, right? The longer it goes the har- and they're not winning, the harder it becomes to continue to inspire them. Yeah, no doubt. I think, I mean, that's, beyond honest with you, that's where the the data and the, and the facts are really useful because what you're saying is don't just trust me and the way I'm delivering it. Trust the history and the data. So I'll tell you what I say. When I talk the, to, to leaders about the three R's or I talk to salespeople about the leading indicators, you know, we build the leading indicator for success. You know that, John, which you've, a salesperson does these six things. I always say in the history of time, they joke, they take the mickey out and you say, well, the history of time, nobody's ever done those things and not hit a number. So what I say to people here is, I say, look, when I talk to you about leadership in the three hours or the, the, the leading indicators in sales, what I'm actually doing is I'm handing you the winning lottery numbers. Right. All you got to do is go down to the shop and buy a ticket, right? And I go through the detail of of why this makes sense and and the logic behind it, but also the data behind it where you you're referencing this is this is all these people achieved all these things through following this this playbook. Because that's the first thing you I call it the battle of the buy-in. You've got to get the buy-in to the process. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then and then the then the second thing is underneath the strategy, there's there's a way of executing it. So then you've got to educate and develop people. Around the education, like if you say a leading indicator is doing, you know, booking one new business meeting and doing one new business meeting a week, great. But then somebody can do a new business meeting and get a twenty percent conversion rate. Somebody else can do a new business meeting and get an eighty percent conversion. Rate. Totally. Yeah. But then you've got to look at right. These are the high level strategies, but how do we execute them to the absolute maximum? To get the to get the best results, and then that the education and development process. You remember Blade Logic? You'd, you'd you know we'd get everybody in the room and we'd go through the four di- di- differentiators. I still got no idea what a configuration object dictionary is, right? <laughs> but, and I bet you you don't want me to ask you because you don't know what, what is there either. Right, but it sounded great, man. And the oh, customer is like, "Wow, that's unbelievable! That sounds fantastic. We need one of those." And then and so then once you've gone through that education development process then then you've got to then like the way i look at it is like 
5% of what you're doing is, is the ideas and the concepts of it. And then the 95% of it is the execution. So you've got to inspire all the time because it's really hard to be great. And if you're totally. teaching people how to be great, by definition, it's going to be really tough for a while. So you've got to inspire them all the time. Don't worry, you'll get there. You know, lots of stories all the time about how people fell again and again and again. Yeah. Or got up again and again and again. But then you also got to make sure you're inspecting it as well. And sometimes people get crazy about the concept of inspection. You know what I mean? They think it's micromanagement and stuff like that. Yeah, it's but every, too much sometimes with some people. Every, but every company in the world, John, inspects what's happening in the business. It's, it's different to anything. And I think it also depends on the intent as well. Because if you're a leader and you're checking somebody's progress so you can report that to big Johnny Kaplan, otherwise he's going to shout at you, right? You're doing it to make yourself look good. Then people are going to be picked out. That is, you know, inspection for no purpose. But your true purpose for inspection is is to help someone, to develop. Develop, develop the right. people. Yeah. If they, if they know... Your own, your sole purpose in in getting information about their business is so you can see where they're going well, so you can share it with others, and where they may be struggling, so you can help them. And actually, nobody really cares about inspection anymore because it's a mechanism for 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 improvement. Because they know you have their best interests at heart. That's why. That's exactly. that's the most important thing. But it has to be genuine. It has to be authentic. Otherwise, people could feel it. Right. That's where I think a lot of leaders go wrong. I think. I think they they get a forecast, or they look at Salesforce or HubSpot, or they look at you know how many economic buyer meetings you're doing, and they're doing it so they can put it in a spreadsheet, or they can they can talk to somebody above them about what's going on. Right. And and it's never about going up; it's all about helping people underneath you. Because if you totally. figure out a way to make them all great, everyone above you is going to love you anyway, aren't they? Jeremy, you are <clears throat> you are one of the again. You still look young, um, so to me, you're still incredibly youthful. But you, He's I love your. Any of the juice can that we can we eat. can we dig a little bit more on that point, John? We're going to, we're going to, um, because I remember reading something about you. By the time I met you, I think I'm, I'm almost positive you were leading when I came over to Europe. I think you were leading in the UK, mm-hmm. um, in all of these things. The things for my for for our listeners that I'm just so ecstatic. I watched you do all of this and and just watch you create a dominant team um, in the UK, not only in Europe but in the company. <clears throat> but your first attempt to become a leader, to become a manager, was actually thwarted by a one of your leaders and 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 i read an article of your one of the speaking engagements you gave where he said you didn't have what it takes to be a successful manager at the time so i i really want to just kind of sit with that for a second because knowing who you are today getting that and i want you to think about the listeners that we might have that says well how do i become a jeremy duggan how do i I'm I'm young i'm intelligent i have great character i have i receive this information really well um, how do I become this great leader? How do I make this moniker for myself? Could you tell us a little bit about that journey, that experience? Yeah, I mean, he was right. The guy who said it to me for the reason that he said it. And and because what he was saying was, 
I was I was a great sales guy, but I didn't really know why, because I was I was naturally, you know, um, I had naturally good work ethic. I was naturally resilient. I could get on with people, you know, in in a in a good way. And and he said to me, "How are you going to manage five people that that aren't like Jeremy Duggan?" And because you don't have this this thought process behind it, and so you know, it, it was. It was that that really started me down the, the the line of of trying to trying to educate myself on what great things look like. Like, you know, it's the same when you make it like when you make a mistake, right? You know, people that sometimes say to me, "Well, what big mistakes have you made?" And I always answer that by saying, "I can't really remember big mistakes, even though I know I've made loads of little ones." Because for me, the whole point of making a mistake is like you immediately recognize it. And then you figure out why you did it so you don't do it again. So then you don't kind of remember it, right? Because you've you've fixed it. And so this this constant kind of self-coaching, self-learning, listening to people around you, striving to get information, all it's doing is is making you stronger and stronger and stronger as in, in, in whatever you do. And so if you look at the leadership thing, that advice I was given, I didn't sulk about it or start crying. I kind of took it on board and thought, well, okay, let, let me see if I can go and, and do some about fixing that. So what I did was I studied what made what made leaders great. I, I learned about it. I kind of made myself more knowledgeable about it than almost they did because I was speaking to a lot more people, uh, you know, about that kind of stuff. And so um, so then I was able to to get to together a, a base of data and knowledge on what it took to be great. And then once I figured out that, it was about then educating the people in the team and 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 you know getting them on board with it. And like I just talked about, so I, I think that that you know one of the things that that keep, that keeps you be gets you to be great, but then keeps you there is realizing that, that the world's always moving and it's always changing, and you've got to stay on top of all the new things that are coming up, trying to make yourself better all the time. I feel as though like in every job I've done, I've got better and better and better. And I always take a little gap at the end, you know, because it's like, it's really difficult to analyze a performance in the middle of a game, right? But at the end of the game, when you look at the, 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 the real, the highlights, you can look and say, I could have done that a bit better. So after Blade Logic and BMC, I took nine months out and I studied what I did well and, and tried to add to it. And I studied what I didn't and tried to replace it and then went to App Dynamics. And I was better with App Dynamics, and then when I left App Dynamics, took nine months out and said, "Okay, well, what went? What could I have done better in App Dynamics?" And then the multiverse, I think I'm even better. So it's constantly thinking how you can evolve and get more knowledge to help you get get better. Kind of a waffly answer, John. I don't know if that answered your question. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's such great advice to the listeners. You have to participate in your own rescue and you have self-awareness and self-reflection. You don't wait for anybody to tell you to give you the feedback. You give yourself the feedback first is what I heard you say. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's how people around you. You know, I remember, remember John at Blade Logic ran me up <laughs> and he said, Hey, Duggan. And I said, Hey, John, you know, John, everybody, when I do an American accent, it's always a John McMahon accent. So everybody knows. <laughs> it doesn't matter who I'm doing in America, it's always John McMahon. So he rings over, hey, Duggan. I said, hey, John, how you doing? He said, good. Do you want to know the book on Jeremy Duggan? 
And I said, there's a book about me? Fantastic. I'll definitely read that. Said, no, I don't think you understand, buddy. And he said, he was saying, um, I think you give me 99% of the information. Do you remember saying that, John? And no, said, say that one more time. What did you say? He said, he said, people get a sense from you that they get 99% of the information, but not the 1%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, you think you said, I always feel like there's some trickery going on <laughs> that right. you're not letting right. you know about. Yes. And um, and so again, that's an example where I listened to it and 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 I thought he's right. And but but what? Why does he care about that? Because I'm always doing my number. And and then when I broke it down, I realized that I was doing it because I don't like to go to people with problems. Right. I like to go to people with solutions. So if a problem came up, it wasn't that I didn't want to go to John. It was just like, I'd rather fix it because John's got his plate full. But then, I, so then I thought to myself, well, that's a good thing. So why, why, is, why does John want to know about it? And then I went to John and said, told him why I didn't do it. And he says, yeah, but I could help you. It's my job to help you. So, so he said, don't, don't, you know, fail alone, mate. And so then, and so that immediately clicked for me. And ever since then, I've gone full circle and had full transparency for, for good or for, for bad. And there's been lots of times in my, it, I didn't realize that just that little thing was impacting a, 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 the way a lot of people looked at me and thinking I was, wasn't honest and stuff like that. And John popped it out of me and, and that fixed it straight away. Well, sometimes, you know, because you were, you, you know, everybody called you the PG King, you know, pipeline generation King. So, and you were so good at, you know, building pipeline and getting your people to build pipeline that you always made your number. So then what happened is it seemed like, well, he's masking a lot of problems that do exist simply because he is absolutely the PG King, right? So then I always wanted to know, and that's when I would kid with you is to you know, Doug, and I know you got problems, but you're so good at building pipeline. I can't figure out exactly what the problems are, but but I know you got problems. And you're like, John, I don't have any problems. I'm like, yeah, okay, bullshit. You got problems. I just we only had one more John. It was a drinking problem I had. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that, I guess you're going back. The point is that that you know, even John, when he positioned that to me, he was almost saying it. It wasn't a problem that the results weren't there. It was something you picked up that was maybe holding me back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, again, it's, and sometimes I see a lot of people, you know, they get advice and, and they either, they kind of shrug it off a little bit. And I might come to the conclusion in some cases that I, I wasn't, you know, I was comfortable that, that that wasn't a problem, but I considered it. And, and because I was always thinking, how can I get that extra 1% today? How can right. I get that? How can I move it just a little bit? Because if you add all those little bits up together over a career, it's the difference between being good and being the best. Be sure to check out the whole interview with Jeremy Duggan. You'll find it linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Revenue Builders Podcast.